Hello and welcome to South Asia Chat, a podcast series brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Nitya Subramanian, an editor at the Institute. In the past few weeks, elections to four state assemblies were held in India, the results of which were announced yesterday. In this podcast, we discuss the verdict of the southern state of Kerala, where people have voted back the left democratic front led by Chief Minister P. Vijayan. To tell us more on this historic win, we have with us Mr. Vinod Rai, a distinguished visiting research fellow at ISAS. Mr. Rai knows the state and its politics very well, having started his civil service career there after being allotted the Kerala cadre. He has held various positions in the state and union government and was the controller and auditor general of India till May 2013. Thank you, Mr. Rai, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Um, we've, we've been all watching the results of the assembly elections that have been coming in in these past few days. And Kerala has been quite interesting. The incumbent chief minister, Mr. P. Vijayan, has created history by breaking a 40-year trend with the LDF retaining power for the second term. What are the factors that you think led to this win? Oh, well, yes. Uh, Mr. Vijayan or the LDF government has definitely bucked the trend this time. Over the last 40 to 44 years, we've never had an incumbent government repeating its uh, term. We've always had an alternative government, coming, which means there has been some kind of a trend for anti-incumbency. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Vijayan's performance uh, has been very good in the administrative sphere. Uh, you, you will recall that uh, Kerala over the last four to five years has been beset with a large number of uh, natural disasters. Uh, one once in a century kind of a flood that we had about three years back, very uh, damaging uh, for life and property. Then the deadly Nima epidemic hit us uh, in Kerala. And then of course, uh, Kerala was probably the first state to report uh, a positive case of COVID-19 on 30th of January last year. Now, the chief minister and his team have done a remarkable job in managing this entire thing. So his uh, USP has been quick reflexes and uh, you know being very decisive. His welfare measures have been very well uh, orchestrated, very practical, and they go the last mile also. He has concentrated on huge amount on infrastructure development. He created funds, he got um, private equity companies to uh, contribute to those funds and ensured that infrastructure development, which means primary health centers, primary schools, roads, uh, flyovers, etc., get uh, constructed. Now, just to give you an example of how the electorate has accepted the kind of uh, administrative or health-related issues that this government uh, brought forth. Uh, you will remember that the health minister used to be a lady called K.K. Shailaja. She was known as the Shailaja teacher, in fact. 
Shailaja teacher contested last time from the Kannur uh, district um, or Kasargod district constituency of Kutuparamba. And she had won by 11,000 votes. This time, her constituency got shifted to a place called Matanur. And she has won with a record margin of 61,000 votes. She has even bested the chief minister who won by the margin of about 50,000 votes. That's how the electorate has responded to the policies of the LDF government and how it has been very appreciative of the same. Um, it is, um, you've mentioned um, uh, Chief Minister Vijayan's proactiveness in handling the COVID and the various other um, uh, physical calamities that Kerala has witnessed in the last few years. So do you think his personality as well as his mass appeal has contributed to this victory? Uh, certainly so. When I talked about his uh, quick reflexes and his decisive nature, I just want to uh, give you a short background to it. Uh, when the floods hit Kerala about three, three and a half years back, uh, he got the local panchayats, the local self-governments into action. And they were the ones who reached out to the people and provided immediate succor, immediate relief. He encouraged what is known as, you know, what we would call volunteerism in the sense that people came forward to help those who were in difficulties. And at, that was the time when he got this nickname of a title called Captain. So he was known as Captain. And his USP has been to bring about consensus, to bring about cohesiveness, and the remarkable grip that he has on the organization. His policies have been welfare-oriented. Uh, one of the policies was that all ration card holders, irrespective of their income levels, all the ladies would get one sachet per month, which was which contained from rice to a cake of soap. And this used to be delivered at the doorsteps of each of these ladies. So those welfare policies have really stood him in good stead. Mr. Pinarayi Vijayan comes from Kannur district. He was a small party apparatchik. He moved up the ladder in the party by his remarkable work. He wrested the organizational control of the party in 2006 from the legendary leader called V.S. Achyutanandan. And after that, he has not looked back. Uh, he overcame allegations which were against him in a um, um, allegations in a, a process in a scheme called SNC Lavalin, which was a power generation project which had been set up in North Kerala. And it was alleged that part of the uh, you know, the, their selection was because they had contributed about 100 crores for a hospital to treat uh, cancer in the district, uh, in Kannur district. He overcame all that. Uh, and just to de describe the you know, kind of uh, decisiveness he has. In 2016, when he had just become chief minister, there were a series of murders in clashes between the RSS and the uh, CPM. I believe one particular night, the dead of night, 
he in an unmarked car, private car, without any support or uh, security, went to a hotel where he had a meeting with five, six RSS and BJP leaders in the dead of night. And they kind of resolved how these kind of clashes should not be resorted to. I mean, that's a famous incident and not very well known, but that proves how he has done. He overcame the allegations of gold smuggling in which, you know, his uh, secretary was involved. Mm-hmm. He overcame the Shabrimala issues. And his USP was that during COVID, every evening at 6 p.m., he used to come and brief the press by himself. Very frank, very transparent, and very uh, well-informed. He set up about 1,000 community kitchens to help the migrant laborers and did a remarkable job in ensuring that they did not have to suffer. That is Vijay. Um, I think um, a lot of credit has to also, some credit has to also be given to the people of Kerala who saw a lot of value in uh, Vijayan's administration. Uh, They didn't fall for any other kind of rhetoric that uh, rival parties were spewing. Um, Do you think this is, this comes from the fact that the Kerala electorate is far more educated than the rest of the country? Oh, well, they are educated and they are very aware. The awareness levels in Kerala are very remarkable. I mean, I'll give you an example. In some of the northern districts where beady making is very popular, you know, there'll be a room of about 30 people sitting there rolling beadies, and each one of those 30 people will take turns for a day and he will read out the newspaper to the other 29 just to ensure that they are up with all that is happening. That is the level of awareness. And uh, the good thing is that uh, the left, because of its uh, development orientation and the awareness program that it launched, and also the fact that the Communist Party in Kerala has become less dogmatic, has become more practical, and with infrastructure creation and boost to tourism, they have done very well. That is the reason why the Kerala voter has moved away from negativity and has started looking towards development orientation, uh, which he found in this left combined. Um, In your recent piece, you did mention that Kerala was the first state where the communist government was democratically elected in 1957. And uh, it seems to be the only state where communism is surviving now with uh, it losing in its grip in West Bengal and Tripura. So do you think this will be an encouraging sign for communism in India? Uh, Well, we all sincerely believe those who've been very closely associated with Kerala sincerely believe that other states who recently where communist governments lost out, say state of West Bengal, state of Tripura, the uh, apparatus, the communist apparatus over there will kind of look at the uh, Kerala voter, the Kerala brand of communism, where dogmatism has been set up uh, apart. And now the concentration is more towards infrastructure creation and development orientation to ensure that the poorest of the poor 
are brought into the developmental fold. You know, to that extent, I think it's going to be a very encouraging because the very fact that a communist government is being returned to power despite the very severe onslaught which have been launched by other parties is a, a good sign. And I think will be a very encouraging uh, movement for the other states. If we move to the other political parties, um, the Congress's performance in the state hasn't been very, very good. In fact, uh, with Rahul Gandhi being an MP from Wynad, one would expect better from them. What do you think went wrong with its elect election strategy for the UDF? Uh, see the, yeah, Mr. Rahul Gandhi is a um, member of parliament by now. Um, and see, Congress in Kerala suffered from a couple of uh, factions that they got constituted into. Uh, they, in their uh, canvassing, in the run-up to the polls, they got into negativity and started criticizing the left government. They had a very good scheme, which they had been mentioned in their manifesto, which was called NYAI, N-Y-A-Y, which was some kind of a basic universal income program. If they had probably stuck to the positive aspects of the issues in their manifesto, they would have done well. The second thing that they did was they probably, the Congress tried to establish link with certain fringe Islamist parties. Now, since these were fringe Islamist parties, the mainstream Muslims seem to have moved away. And they moved away, surprising, towards the left. There was some kind of a Muslim consolidation behind the LDF government. Uh, in fact, uh, the Congress even joined hands with the BJP to uh, uh, predict that they, if they came to promise that if they came to power, they would uh, establish a law which would prevent worship by women in the 80 to 55 years in the Shabri Mandal stronghold. Now, these factors did not, does not, do not appear to have appealed to their following because, for example, the Congress or the UDF strongholds are in this central part of Kerala, which is the Naklam district, Kottam district, and Malapuram district, where the Union Muslim League has a hold. In Ernaklam and Kottam and Malapuram districts, where the uh, Congress contested 93, I should say 93 uh, constituencies in which they contested over the state, they could win only 21. And in fact, in Wainan, out of seven, they lost three the seven that they had held earlier. So to a large extent, they have fallen on their own doings. And I think the electorate did not take very positively to the kind of policies that they uh, had promised. Uh, we'll now finally move to the BJP, which also had an aggressive campaign. Uh, Amit Shah led a high rhetoric campaign where he pitched Prime Minister Modi's vision of fast for the state, which involved agriculture and uh, farming uh, and uh, Ayurveda and many such uh, sectors. Um, it also, of course, we know fielded Metro Man Sridharan from Palakkad. Why do you think the BJP could not make any dent this time round, uh, especially uh, with a very strong RSS present in the presence in the state? 
And do you believe that the southern states in general have not fallen for its Hindutva pitch? Uh, yes. Um, to the last part, I sincerely believe that uh, Kerala and Tamil Nadu uh, have not fallen for what uh, you call the Hindutva pitch. See, um, especially in Kerala, uh, Kerala has always had a great deal of religious harmony. I served in Kerala from 74 for about 22 to 23 years that I physically lived in Kerala. Uh, you could have mosques, churches, etc. share a common boundary wall. And we never had any kind of um, uh, uh, religious harmony being broken up in some way or some street fights over these issues. So there is a certain limit to what I would call polarization. Issues like the CAA and the NRC have no attraction in Kerala. They, people just don't believe in them and they don't think that is a very ma major issue to the population of that area. And the example I'll give you is that <clears throat> uh, Mr. K. Surendran, who is the BGP president of uh, Kerala, he contested from two constitu constituencies in the north. One was Koni, the other was Manjeshwar. And he lost from both the constituencies. One of them, the margin was not very large, it was about a thousand, but he lost from both the constituencies. And he was the BGP president. Now, <clears throat> last year, our last uh, assembly, they had only one member in the legislative assembly. That was one Mr. O. Rajagopalan, who had won from the Namam constituency. This year, they lost that constituency also. In fact, the gentleman that you mentioned, the metro man called Mr. Sridharan, who contested from Palakkad, Mr. Sridharan, is a, a quite an icon. I, I mean, he has a legacy. And yet, contesting on the BJP ticket, he lost in Palakkad, which was very surprising. So it is very clear that Kerala in particular and South in general, the appeal of uh, um, religious polarization or of Hindutva or any other issues other than what I would call developmental or welfare oriented, etc., did not uh, reach the conscious imagination or the positive imagination of the public. Thank you, Mr. Rai, for your time and for talking to us at South Asia Chat. As usual, you've shared many insights and wonderful stories uh, to enrich this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. You were listening to South Asia Chat. To learn more about our work, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.